This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Saturday, 26 November, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, and as usual, we got a lot to go through today. Uh, a lot of people on, a lot of news, um, a lot of signal and no noise. Um, we're going to have MTG on later, Mike Lindell, uh, Darren Beatty, of course, Natalie Winters, Dr. Malone, Matthew Tiermont. We're going to go from Brazil to China, uh, talk about NATO, um, the... Um, the lame duck that's right before us, This uh, what they're trying to do is push through historic spending and take care of the debt limit. We're going to get to all of that. Talk about Elon Musk and the house clearing over at Twitter. Mike Lindell and the RNC, all of it. I want to start with Libby Emmons. Uh, Jack Posobiec and the team and Charlie Kirk, and you got Post Millennial, just does such an amazing job. And, and Libby, as you know, has been on the show many times. She follows, you know, she's one of the top... Uh, reporters over at uh, Post Millennial, and normally we have her on breaking news about, uh, you know, the the groomer situation and everything that's going on on the cultural side. She did a, a really an amazing story yesterday about this uh, situation down in Mar-a-Lago. I think Libby's the best person to walk us through it. Libby Emmons, thank you for taking time away from your holiday weekend. First off, to actually gather the facts and write the story, I imagine that put a crimp into a little bit into Thanksgiving Day. Um, but, uh, walk us through, walk us through your story. Tell, tell us what happened. Yeah. So I wasn't there from what I can gather. However, um, Kanye West asked for a meeting with, uh, former president Trump. They have a longstanding relationship and Kanye showed up at Mar-a-Lago, uh, on Thanksgiving and he brought along some friends of him and they, uh, they sat down together. One of these friends, is a notorious white supremacist um, who lots of people have been canceled just for being in photograph with, just for, uh, you know, really talking to. And from what I came to understand, um, Trump did not know who this man was uh, before they sat down. And eventually what it seems like, and Kanye West alluded to this in a video recap he did of the meeting, it seems like... Um, they were asked to leave. So that's my understanding. Lots of stuff has come out since then. Uh, I spoke with a source close to the president who um, confirmed that the uh, confirmed that what Kanye said was correct. Um, and it seems like a, I mean, I hate this story. I gotta tell you, this seems like a major troll operation. And what I'd be really interested to know is who benefits the most from sending Kanye off to Mar-a-Lago with um, white supremacist. Why do you say, uh, Libby, you, you're pretty savvy, and the team over post-millennial is about it, as good as it gets. You guys punch way above your, your weight. Why is it a story that Libby Evans hates? 
Um, I, I hate it because it does not seem to, the story does not seem to be what the story seems to be, if that makes sense. Seems like there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Who connected all of these people? Who suggested that this was a good idea? Um, and it doesn't seem like we know all of the background facts. It feels like a massive trolling operation that someone was perhaps looking to you know, disrupt Trump. Um, his staffers were likely on vacation for Thanksgiving, home with their families. So he didn't likely have a lot of people around to give him um, insight into who this fellow was. And uh, yeah, I just think that there's a lot we don't know about what went into well, we say, getting but, this but, meeting but, but, together. But say, you say that, let's, because that's a, um, that's just, what about the, Con- he definitely knew who Kanye West was. I mean, isn't the center part of the story? Sure. Is not the other individual. Some of the part of the story is why is President Trump? Um, and look, he can have dinner who, who whoever he wants, right? But he's he's uh, announced that he's running for president. He's got uh, his mm-hmm. entire MAGA base is is uh, maniacally focused on this. The counter argument against him by everybody is that uh, he's a loser. And he's only going to lose. So we we have to both win the primary. Win the general, and you see what's happening in Arizona now. We're talking about that, but there's a a great mm-hmm. piece up. Um, I think on um, I think it's a great piece up on the Arizona Sun Times or on um, the Western Journal that talks about if you if Carrie Lake if if they're not successful in in really changing the dynamic here in the next couple of days about this clearly stolen election here in Arizona today, it's going to make it quite difficult to win in 2024. So President Trump has all these forces uh, arrayed against him. And what you need is focus, focus, focus. Why even the dinner isn't, isn't the bigger issue here, even the dinner with, with Kanye West? Because when you say trolling operation, the thing that got me about your story was, uh, and I think the centerpiece of this today that people are missing is that when <clears throat> Kanye West... You know, as a smart aleck, um, insults the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, by saying, "Why don't you be? Why don't you run as my? I'm here to offer you my the run as my vice president because I'm running. I'm telling you now. I'm announcing that I'm running, uh, and I'm here to offer you the vice president. See, and and they exchanged words. I think it got a little. According to your reporting, got a little heated. And I think the mm-hmm, implication of yours is that is that they were shown they were essentially shortly thereafter shown the door. The dinner came to some sort of it looked looked like or what I've heard and from your reporting, some sort of fairly uh, it was it was over shortly thereafter in a fairly heated mm-hmm. exchange about what President Trump thought of his offer, what President Trump thought of his um, potential as a as a realistic candidate. And I think President Trump actually made a, maybe a comment or two about his former wife, of which it looked right. like Kanye didn't take didn't take that didn't take that um, didn't that didn't sit well with him. So this thing got acrimonious closely, and that we'll get into it. The people around him allow this to happen. So the trolling operation is to me, isn't it? Kanye West coming and really insulting. Donald Trump with this kind of a smart aleck glib, hey, I'm going to run for president. And uh, again, right, I guess he f- thinks in his mind or gotten a couple of states and ran last time uh, and offers Donald Trump to run as his vice president, Libby Evans. 
Yeah, I think that you're right about that as well. I think the whole thing was uh, an ab- <laughs> like abysmal. I, you know, um, but yeah, I I think that Kanye West and Donald Trump had a longstanding relationship, and I don't think that uh, I don't know why Trump would look at it and say, "Oh, this is definitely going to go badly if I invite this man, um, you know, who has requested a meeting." over to my house when they they've known each other for a long time back when he was in the white house, et cetera. But yeah, I, I wonder what it is that who's, you know, putting Kanye West up to this. Kanye West clearly has um, some mental issues of late it's made rather unpleasant remarks. I don't know why he thinks he would have um, a chance other than his own insane ego here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's actually that crazy that Donald Trump would have him over for, for any reason, you know, they've met multiple times before. Um, so I do think that a lot of this has to do with, uh, you know, trying to get in Trump's way to a certain extent. What has been uh, your assessment of, um, I mean, how did this, is there any, as your reporting show, I understand it's holidays, but, you know, mm-hmm. when you're president or ex-president, you still have staff around and that staff is in constant communication. You know, we have things called smartphones. Uh, we have things mm-hmm. called laptops. You're in constant communication all over the world. So I understand there's not people on site or maybe there's a handful of people on site. There's still the Secret Service. People have to be screened going in. But how did senior staff n- not know this was, I mean, kind of beggars belief that senior staff mm-hmm. didn't know that Kanye, Kanye West is not a small personality. Kanye West, for all of his faults no. and all the comments and hateful remarks he's made uh, in, in here recently, he's a, you know, a global creative, uh, you know, a force of nature. And, and so he's not, and when a guy like that uh, comes to Mar-a-Lago, you know, it's a, it's a thing. H- how did, what's your reporting show that how did senior staff, not know about this because this speaks to diff- d- deeper issues. If the senior staff didn't know mm-hmm. this was going on, the question's got to be because there's a lot of questions right now. You know, why is Trump not firing off the football? Why, why, why we're getting ready for this? Uh, really, a, a a lame duck session that could essentially change financially and economically the direction of the country if they do certain things on the debt ceiling. If they pass this defense authorization bill of almost a trillion dollars, has all this woke stuff all the woke elements in it. If they pass the omnibus of $2 trillion, how is this going to be financed? 23 in his run in, for, the, for, the, um, for the nomination, his run mm-hmm. f- actually in the general, uh, what he's going to be presented as president, so much of that is going to be predicated upon what happens in the next six weeks, uh, that you don't see any policy proposals out. You don't see him in the middle of it. You don't hear about him making phone calls. You don't hear, I mean, the kind of things you need to do, the tough nitty gritty work you need to make yourself relevant in that. You just don't see it. And so how does senior staff, yeah. and I think the question has got to be, are the right people there and are, are people, and if there are the right people, is there communication? Are there people that are not communicating? Uh, and did the staff think that this was a good idea to have Kanye West come down and have dinner when the purpose in Kanye's West mind and the people around Kanye West knew exactly what they were doing. Let's, let's just be blunt. It was a troll. You said it was a trolling operation going to go down. They wanted the story to be, they want the story to be that Kanye West in his magnet, you know, magnanimously offered 
Donald J. Trump, mm-hmm. the vice presidency on his ticket to insult Trump, to put Trump in his place, to make Trump look more irrelevant, to feed into the Chris Christie, because you saw Bolton and Christie and all these guys jumping on it right away, that he lacks judgment, he's not relevant, he's not focused. So this was well thought through. This just didn't happen, right? The staff should know that. The staff should be on top of that. The staff should be doing interventions into this, if, if that's the case, and make sure that this type of stuff doesn't happen. So what is your reporting telling you about that? Well, I think that they played right into Kanye West's hand and whoever is you know, working behind the scenes and pulling those strings. They played right into this outrage machine. They wanted this to be about you know, everybody getting angry and jumping up and down and going crazy and pulling their hair out. And of course, that's exactly what happened. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with staff. I think that they probably should have been a lot more careful about this undertaking and allowing this to go forward. I do remember hearing years ago uh, when Trump took the White House that there was difficulty staffing because there was so much consternation about, um, you know, proximity to Trump ruining your career at a later point. So I do remember that being an issue um, back then. I don't know if that continues to be an issue in terms of people not wanting to uh, come on board. But I think you're right also about the situation with policy. I was recently at the Republican Jewish Coalition in Las Vegas, and a bunch of GOP presidential nominee hopefuls trotted out onto stage. There was Pompeo and Pence. Uh, Nikki Haley teased a potential run. Trump came in um, from Mar-a-Lago and DeSantis was there. And I was particularly listening for policy points because to me, the main um, consideration in electing a president is what are they going to do for the country and their capability of getting those things done. That's what I want to hear about. I don't care about your personality. I want to know what you're going to do for the American people um, because the government is, it's the people's, right? The government doesn't run the people, the people run the government. And I think too often we forget that. So yeah, I think that, I think that uh, voters should hold these people to account. Tell us what you want to do for the country. Stop placating us or trying to make us mad with a whole bunch of celebrities and and nonsense. You know, what do you want to do? Libby, what, what, how do people get to Post Millennial and how do they follow you? Because I know there'll be other additional reporting on the story and the other things you're working on. How do they get to you? I'm at Libby Emmons on Twitter and thepostmillennial.com. Libby, great reporting. And thank you for doing this from your car. You now have permission to go back into your house. Libby thank you so much. Emmons, Post Millennial. Short break. Back in a moment. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bass. Okay, welcome back. Saturday, 26 November, Year of Lord 2022. Um, just so there's a full understanding for this audience of what I was talking about right then, we have, this is much more difficult than 2015 to 2016. Then they didn't take Trump seriously. They didn't take the Trump movement seriously. Uh, it was dismissed and derided and, and, uh, and uh, just not taken seriously. Uh, President Trump uh, won the primary, right, and then went on to win the general. And one of the reasons they just did not take him uh, seriously. The uh, now they're they're waiting. They got all the traps laid. Uh, one about political capital, but two about the straight and narrow path you have to run. We have to be maniacally focused. That's why our watchword around here at uh, War Room is "No Days Off," right? And that's just not about 
working every day. It's about every second of every day. You've got to be committed to this. You have to be. That's why we have this new open. If your task and purpose is to save your country, your country will be saved. But that has to be your task and purpose. And we're not going to win them all. Okay. As you guys know, you've been on this show enough years. You're not going to win them all. But you know what? We're going to win more of the important ones than we lose. And that's how we make progress because this is a grind. You're not going to have a magic wand. It's not going to be, you know, drain the swamp, build the wall, uh, you know, lock her up, all that. That's, that's fantastic. Those are great. And they motivate people and grab people. But this is about hard grinding work. There are things before us like this, um, um, the, um, the lame duck, where the administrative state in combination with the giant corporations are going to try to make some huge structural changes here that we can't unwind, that you can't unwind, or all your time is assumed, is, uh, is uh, possessed by trying to unwind that. They understand that. These are smart, tough, cunning people that have tremendous power and tremendous resources. Uh, and that's what's up again. So there are no days off. There can't be a second. If you're committed to do it, you're committed to do it. And it's just not about uh, the performative part of it. Okay. And I think that people, all people in the Trump movement, all the people that work for President Trump and President Trump himself have to understand this is a different game. This is a different game. It's a harder game. It's a tougher game because they understand exactly what we stand for as populists and nationalists. And they understand and they understand uh, exactly what we want to do with the uh, with the direction of the country. <clears throat> and that's where they're going to fight us every step of the way. And so this incident that happened the other day, <clears throat> that's the type of thing to me that just takes people's eye off the ball, but also starts to question, like, what is going on here? Where's the work? Like, for instance, this this Monday start. And don't think Schumer and Nancy Pelosi don't want to run the tables. Understand that Nancy Pelosi is not going to have power and they probably not going to have power in the House for hopefully a decade. They're not going to try to do some fundamental things like the debt ceiling, like a two trillion dollar omnibus bill, like passing a defense defense authorization. That's another trillion dollars. But more importantly, or as bad as that is, having endemically in there all these woke policies that will take us years to unwind. Okay. Uh, and there's many more than that. There's many more than that. Federal takeover elections, all types of the guardian has a story up today. I've got it. I think it's pinned at the top to see in the guardians, kind of the left wing, you know, newspaper they've laid out. They're already ahead of it. And these people have been working nonstop ever since the day they lost, even before they lost. Those are the types of things. And then starting next year, right? What do you challenge the Biden administration what do you call the? How do you call their bluff about shutting down? Uh, let them shut down the government. Is it on the border? Exactly what's going to happen with Title Forty Two? What's happening in Ukraine today? Uh, the big story in the Daily Mail and papers throughout the world is the European Union is accusing the Biden regime with everything they're doing and pushing Ukraine of war profiteering off of all the money your tax dollars. They're taking these billions of dollars and shoveling it in there, and now the coalition is saying, "Well, the United States is doing this because." They're making money off it, right? So there's so many complex, and we've only scratched the surface of what's going on. Election integrity, we have Mike Lindell up here, he's dedicated his life. You know, for people to say Mike Lindell's crazy, he's running around, you know, he's a nutcase, everything like that. Mike Lindell has dedicated his life as a patriot and put his company in play uh, to be crushed because he believes to the core of his being that if we don't get these elections right, it's going to be very tough to turn around the country. And look what's happening in Arizona. Look what's going to happen in Monday in Arizona. Yes, there's a fight, and we're fighting, and Kerry Lake won it. 
But Mike Lindell is like an Old Testament prophet. Mike Lindell was right, right? Everybody else was wrong. And the people just kind of abandoned and walked away and looked the other way and the establishment was just going to go away. Well, that's not the case. This is hard grinding work. This is the most powerful country, not just in the world today. It's the most powerful country in the history of mankind and can be a great force for good if properly led. And the way to be properly led is let the American people lead it. Okay, that's what populism is, is that the people are sovereign. And Mike Lindell is given of his of his heart, his being, his money, his company, everything to do that. Uh, Mike Lindell, obviously, I'm quite frustrated on some of the stories we're hearing coming out of certain parts of the country because it takes one's eye off the ball and plays into the hands of your worst enemies. Remember, we don't have the margin for error. And people out there thinking that we got some big margin for error and we just kind of wander around, do what we want. You are, you are, you are sadly incorrect. We don't have this margin for error. And the opposition knows that. They know that. And we have to know that because if you know that, it really informs your decisions how we're going to do this. What's going to be our critical path? What is the signal and what is the noise? Mike Lindell on your show the other day that comes before our show and you're nice enough to let us have to broadcast um, Battleground over at uh, Lindell TV. And we really thank you and the team in Memphis who are just terrific for that. But you mentioned you were thinking on a, you were praying on something, something come to you about actually – getting more involved in the nitty gritty of actually politics that you were interested in, in running for RNC chair. You felt you had a calling to do that and you were going to come on the show next week to announce your decision. Can you give us an interim update, sir? Well, Steve, uh, yes, it's true. Uh, it's all over the news. Some of them announced uh, stuff, stuff early and, uh, but yeah, I've been doing my due diligence the last few days. I, you know, Steve, the, the RNC is, uh, it's such a big, institution and it's so important and it's it's failed us and i've talked to big donors now in the last three days i've talked to many of the um state leads and every one of them says we got to have a different leader a different input to get a different output i'm learning so much about it and uh like i do anything i'm going to do my due diligence and then i'm going to say hey where are the holes here and can i be that right person to to fill that lead that leadership role um, I, uh, I think, you know, for me, Steve, the fight of the last couple of years that I've been put into, um, you have the, the blockers that, you know, like your Raffenbergers of the world and your Robin Vosses of the world, but then you have the RNC there to me, it's just as bad when you sit back and do nothing, when you ignore the biggest problem facing our country, which is these corrupt elections and, uh, um, when you sit back and you raise money for this, like they did in 2020, and then turn the eye, they turn a blind eye and go, "Yep, yeah. um, you know they've they raised they even raised money using my name back then." And and uh, you know, I, it's just I'm not going to let that happen. It can't happen. And I don't care how people said, Mike, you know, it's so it's such a swamp. It's so you know, it's a insurmountable. It's a it's a mountain that we can't climb. And and you know. As you were doing your uh, opening there, Steve, I'm going, you know what? With God, all things are possible, everybody. And we, we're going to get to a great place. I, you know, it's, sure, it's maybe one piece at a time, but uh, we're getting there. We're in a great place. I've had to encourage so many of these state leads, and they got off the phone with me. They're going, oh, it's so encouraging to hear, to hear this because they're like walking through mud. And uh, 
just this morning. Let me, right let, me, let, me make, let me make the counter argument. Let me make the counter argument, for, particularly for people. And understand, Rana is not everybody's cup of tea, but she's been at it a long time. She understands the operation. Let me take the counter argument. Mike Lindell has no earthy idea what he's doing with the RNC. It's as bad as it is. It's an apparatus that's there. Mike Lindell's a madman. He's a wild man. Uh, why would you put a wild man and a madman in charge of an apparatus that at least you need some sort of structure in these 50 states and at the national level to have any chance of succeeding? Mike Lindell. Well, that's uh, that's what the media like to portray me as this guy that doesn't know what he's doing all over the board. That's just because I'm working everything every day, morning till night on all different silos of, uh, of business. And, you know, I have over 2,000 employees, Steve. And uh, when I had, I just had the Business Insider. I've had uh, the New York Times. I've had all these places come in, Washington Post, and do full full uh, articles on uh, what we do on a daily basis or what I do as a business. And when you look at the RNC like a business, and they have failed us, and, why, and you got to look, why have they failed? you got 2018, 2020. 2022, FFF, uh, the triple F, okay? Now, if you're CEO of any other business, you get replaced. But let me tell you, you the RNC in any business, you need to change your what you're doing based on your current footprint. They can't do the same old, same old. Let's go tell our donors we're going to raise money and we're going to do this and this because your footprint has changed. We're in an anomaly in history. You have to look at that footprint and you have to make adjustments based on that footprint. Kind of like my pillow, Steve, when, when the, when the uh, China virus came into our country and uh, I, I had to change our radio advertising because people, the paradigm was going to change. They wouldn't be in their cars listening to the radio. They would be at home watching TV. So you adjust for that. Or how about when they took away all my box stores and they attacked us? At my pillow, we had to adjust. And just this spring when Walmart dropped us, we had to adjust. I didn't want to lay off any workers, so I made a CEO decision. And I said, you know what? We're going to open up mystore.com right away, and we're going to move these employees over here because they have families they have that they need to support. And we didn't have to lay anybody off, Steve. So these are decisions that are made based on a current footprint. And the RNC has not. They yeah. just think it's the same old, same old, and they don't get anything done. Hang on one second, Mike. We're going to take a short commercial break. Mike Lindell, Natalie Winters, Darren Beatty, Dr. Robert Malone, MTG, Matthew Tierman, and maybe a couple of three surprises between now and then. Okay, Mike Lindell next in the war room. Could it be um, election crime or maybe uh, um, some uh, problems with our election systems? And they looked at that and they turned the other way and said, you know what, let's try it one more time. Let's try it one more time and let's uh, um, let's uh, put the same input in and try and get the same output. And they failed again in 2022. This You need a different out input to get a different output. And I don't know why Ronna McDaniel got uh, reelected. I think she's the only one in history of the RNC where your president lost and then they put you back in. It doesn't make sense. You, you have because, okay, let me give you a newsflash because Trump endorsed her. That's the newsflash. Right. Trump endorsed well, her. It was probably, there was probably, no, I heard, I've heard from sources that there's reasons for that too. 
that maybe there were promises made by the RNC that they didn't keep. I don't know, Steve. I'm finding this out right now. But but but, but 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 my point is, she was reelected because Trump endorsed her, and people okay. are saying that you know tr- that Trump supports her, endorses her today. So, given that, what is your um, give us the two minute elevator pitch? Why Mike Lindell for the RNC chair, and why now? Well, the um, I'm in camera trouble here. Hold on, there we go. Um, yeah, Steve. The, 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 audi- the audience I, would rather the rather the audience would rather look at me with my beautiful hair than that. No, <laughs> <just, laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm I'm going. I I believe that if it, I've looked at it, and uh, I'm still doing the next next two days here. But looking at it from a business perspective, I believe I know where the problems are. I'm talking to um, as many of the state leaders as I can to find out where those problems are. And and that's what I do with my company. I, I When I go into something, Steve, I do my due diligence and I go in and I won't fail. I will not fail. I'm going in there. I'm all in when I go into something. I think the people know that. Uh, you build this with the RNCs, what I've seen so far, is you would build it to... Um, um, up from the bottom up, the precinctstrategy.com, which we've all used, that precinct strategy. And uh, you're bringing them up from the bottom and you're surrounding people. I, I surround myself with great people like I have with all my other companies. And and then you're uh, you're leading, you're leading, and you're making decisions based on problem, solution, and what will it manifest to? They, the, the RNC is a mess. You don't have the donors are upset. They want results. All the people I've talked to within the organization are upset because they're, some of them are quitting. Some of them are glad they're termed out. It needs to be fixed, and I believe that it can be fixed. And real fast. It, 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 would we be incorrect here at the war room if we said that one of the big motivating factors for you is that you're uh, not comfortable with the election integrity focus and clearly the results as shown in 2022, whether it's in Pennsylvania, Michigan, or clearly this fiasco in Arizona, which is just humiliating for everybody involved. People of Arizona, the GOP, the Democratic Party, Maricopa County is part of the thing driving you is still the issue of election integrity. A hundred percent. That's that's one of the biggest drives. It is the biggest drive. When I get called by donors saying I'm tired of putting money, the RNC, and putting in for candidates and stuff and running campaigns and this ground game they have, and it all gets flushed down the toilet because our election systems are are done. I mean, they're done. if we don't change them, it's over, Steve. And you need these pieces, these uh you need that you need to get the the politicians have failed us, obviously that the legislatures and stuff, they were the biggest blockers. And so now we've got to try other inputs to get where we need to go. And I if, believe if 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 Rana McDaniel reached out to you today after seeing this and said, hey, Mike, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee. Is there anything she could put forward to you of her candidacy that you would say, hey, upon further review and really knowing more details uh, since she's been doing this, she should do it. And I'll step aside. And I know you're praying you haven't made your final decision. But right. would any would would that would that uh, change the direction of where this looks like it may be heading? I don't think she could dissuade me. Um, she uh, she's personally done a few things. You know, back a year ago when I was getting attorney generals on board for their uh, uh, Supreme Court case, uh, she was uh, the RNC actually. She came out earlier that year and said Biden won. Biden won. And you know what? If you don't know that he won, you shouldn't you shouldn't say anything. Uh, but 
So there's really nothing I've, uh, from what I've heard that she could ever say to um, dissuade. If, pres- if President Trump, came, if you announced on Monday and President Trump came out Monday afternoon, then I have no knowledge of this, but I know that she is has been telling people or this hundred names she put out. My understanding from talking to people is some people have said that uh, that she's telling people that President Trump supports her for doing this. If President Trump was to call you and say, hey, I support her after you've made your decision, would that uh, would that change your mind? No, absolutely not. Whatever I decide is my decision, not anyone else's. I mean, I'm going to be uh, when I when I go all in, I, this is my decision. And. And I'll, I'll have prayed about it and done my due diligence, and there's nothing that's going to change me. Once I make okay. up my, my mind up, Steve, as I think everybody knows, I'm not going to quit. There's no, there's I'm nobody. There's I go there's, to win. If I, if I'm all in, Steve, I will win. I will go to win. This isn't going to be in. Uh, oh, let's just go in and uh, talk about it. No, it'll be a, it'll be twenty four seven getting to the finish line. There's no one out there that's. Uh, closer i think to the president or thinks more highly than the president uh or has done really more in his behalf than mike lindell so if the president was to call you and say hey mike i love you i don't think this is the right thing to do i support ronald mcdaniel what would be your answer uh well you'll have to ask me monday morning but right now i'm i'm uh, when i like i say once i make decision my decision no one's going to be able to change my mind and there would be a uh, um like i say i've uh you know, when I went all in for the, you know, when I got the evidence for the machines, nobody could change my mind. It's you can't unsee what I've seen and unknow what I know. Once I get to that point, and if I, if I, you know, if God, if I pray about this and it's 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 go all in, there's nothing I have to do with the what I'm supposed to do for the Lord, not for anyone else here on on this uh, um, on earth. Mike, what's the name? I tell people that don't know Mike Lindell ought to read the book. What's the name of your uh, of your autobiography? What the, at least it's, the first one of the odds from be- crack addict to CEO, and and it's, Steve, it's helped. You know, the, that's when I go around the country. That's one thing that means a lot to me. People come up, they say, "I gave it to my friend, I gave it to a loved one who's an addict, and it helped them and set them free." And uh, they can also go to the Lindell the Lindell Recovery Network org, and that's free. We're in a time right now, Steve, where you combine it with the fentanyl coming in and people losing hope and they're turning to addiction rather, you know, rather than the Lord. And uh, um, that's why these uh, we've got very toxic out there right now, those two things together. So I'm very uh, using my story from the past to help people means a lot to me. And, it, and it, uh, um, I love it when I hear success stories out there, people that have been set free from terrible addiction. As you pray over the weekend, how do people reach out to you? Uh, we uh, we put up a poll on um, on uh, War Room. I think it was fifty three forty six. Uh, you versus well, they can, they can reach out my Mike RNC at frankspeech dot com. Mike RNC at frankspeech dot com. I'd love to hear from everybody. So far, I haven't seen any negative yet, Steve. They they it's just poured in. We've had tens of thousands of emails and people reaching out and going. And uh, these are from everywhere, from big donors to micro donors to, um, I, like I say, I haven't heard any any negative. I've seen polls out there, and uh, um, you know, they people want people want change, and and um, so, well, uh, I can't wait for Monday morning either way. And if uh, it would it, to uh, announce on your on your show, um, uh, the media has been just bombarding me with uh, 
Um, now what? Now what, when are you saying you're running? I said I didn't say that yet. Said, you know they try and trick you. You know. <laughs> Mike, we'll see you on. Uh, we'll see you on Monday morning, and have a. Yeah, uh, and thanks everybody for all your support at War Room. Thank you everybody for my my pillow. Thanks you and this uh, and uh, use that promo code War Room, Steve. Your your audience is absolutely awesome. <laughs> the best. Have a prayerful weekend, Mike. You'll need it. Thank you. Thanks. A true warrior, Mike Lindell. His some gave all, and Mike Lindell's given all. I'll tell you. Let me go. I want to go to Darren Beatty. You talk about tough and toxic times, Darren, and and I realize I tease you a lot about the pom poms on of uh, Elon Musk. Give us uh, the last twenty four forty eight hours have been probably some of the most intense about this platform, which you call the Global Town Square. Give me your assessment right now, up to date on everything that's happening with Elon Musk and really the unrelenting assaults on him, sir. Well, it should probably go without saying, but the pom-poms are very much back up. I would say that he's exceeded even my expectations in terms of what he's been able to deliver on the platform so far. Um, of course, you know the biggest profile reinstatement was uh, Donald Trump's count. He is yet to tweet, but the symbolic significance remains nonetheless that there's a restoration. Musk has said that he will release internal communications and Twitter that concerned the decision to censor the Hunter laptop story. So we could have an unprecedented um, visibility into the actual internal communications and the mechanisms whereby Twitter, probably at the urging of uh, various uh, government institutions and NGOs, made really critical decisions to censor issues that are really need to have an open airing in order for us to call ourselves a democracy in any meaningful sense. And so I think on a number of things, Elon has just done an amazing job. And apparently it's because um, the the ad rackets, or there's this sort of scam called brand safety, whereby these sort of mafia shakedown organizations say, look, if, if you continue to have free speech on your platform, that's a threat to brand safety. Nobody's going to want to advertise you if you have people saying things that the regime doesn't agree with. But the thing is, the whole safety issue comes into being because these organizations are set up to intimidate and harass companies that don't pull out of free speech organizations. And so it looked like Elon was willing to play ball with this brand safety scam and willing to have some kind of content moderation process overseen by the ADL and various other sort of disgraced censorious institutions, but then they didn't hold up their end of the bargain. And so he said, screw it. If I'm gonna, if you're gonna screw with my advertisers, even when I do say that I'm willing to have a content moderation policy and regime, then forget it. We're going to have free speech, and it looks like that's the direction that he's decided to go in. Okay. Hang over a second. We're going to come back. you got the Tether story. Twitter, which is a national security apparatus intelligence operation. You've got uh, NATO saying that uh, we're war profiteering off Ukraine. Darren Beatty's going to make sense of it all next. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech. Protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. 
No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, welcome back. We're going to be up all weekend on Getter. Make sure you go there. It's the way you keep constantly up to date. We're doing live chats, live streams. Of course, my Getter feed and the Warrens Getter feed and everybody's got constantly breaking news and analysis and information. Breaking news. Uh, Darren Beatty, uh, take a minute and explain this. S, uh, SBF, FTX, before you get into her, because there's now news uh, breaking that it's even involved that uh, uh, SBF, through one of his PACs, was funneling money into Maricopa County and to Katie Hobbs. Who is this guy? And by the way, all that money should be given back. Who is this guy? And why, how did he become a bigger donor, as big a donor, and, and influential as Soros? Well, this is a really huge story. And if you want to see probably the most jaw-dropping investigative report you've ever seen in your life, go to revolver.news and read the piece that we have right on top about Tether asking, is Tether the Biden world's BCCI? Now, the title itself might seem cryptic, arcane, all of these references, nobody knows, but the story is simple and it's explosive. So we've all heard of FTX, which is this crypto exchange run by this weird scammer guy, Sam Bankman Freed, who also happened to have a hedge fund that he was using to uh, uh, kind of support the scam of the crypto exchange and taking money from the exchange and putting it into the fund. And he also, by the way, happened to be one of the top political donors in the United States, one of the top donors to the Democrat machine. And so long story short, it didn't take too long for people with any sense to put together that FTX, given how politically protected Sam Bankman-Fried is, is basically a money laundering operation through the kind of Clinton overworld element of the Democrat machine, of the Democrat apparatus. And you've seen he's given tons of money to all kinds of Democrats, also to some Republicans. And that's an interesting story in and of itself. But you'll have to stay tuned because Revolver has a big piece on that. But that's been in the news and it's been saturated all over the place. But what we found in the subject of the Revolver report, really, the most jaw-dropping investigative piece that you'll ever see. So just go and look at it. If I'm wrong, don't listen to me again. But this makes FTX potentially look like child's play. And so what is Tether? Tether is the third largest cryptocurrency in existence. But unlike Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are mined and produced according to a publicly known and verifiable procedure, Tether is what's known as a stable coin, meaning that the value of Tether is allegedly backed by U.S. dollar reserves that the Tether organization carries. But here's the kicker. There's never been verification that they actually hold those reserves since the inception of this cryptocurrency, the third largest cryptocurrency in the world, and really the engine that drives the liquidity of the whole kind of cryptocurrency ecosystem and exchanges. It's predicated on the notion that there are US dollar reserves and it's never ever been properly audited. Now, if that seems strange, it gets even stranger. 
because you say, hmm, maybe it's never been audited because the people involved in it are just so upstanding and trustworthy and technologically sophisticated. Well, if you want the full rogues gallery of the people involved in the founding of Tether, read the whole piece, but I'll just give a little sample, a little teaser. The One of the founders of Tether um, is a washed up kind of child former child actor, Disney actor, uh, Mighty Ducks star, incidentally, for if anyone wants some 90s nostalgia, Mighty Ducks star, and he starred with Sinbad in a movie called First Kid. Um, he went on to have a weird uh, uh, history. He was involved in some kind of sex scandal where he was arrested in Spain by Interpol, and allegedly there are all kinds of weird and creepy things found when he was arrested. And if you want the sordid details of that, again, go to the piece. But he was never um, put in jail, never charged, nothing ever came of it. And then all of a sudden, this child actor embroiled in some kind of underage sex scandal who was ar arrested but never charged with anything and has no technical background to speak of whatsoever, emerges as this cryptocurrency mogul um, behind the third largest cryptocurrency in the world, which is entirely predicated on uh, the possession of U.S. dollar reserves, which has never, ever, ever been audited. And if you think that's weird, it gets even weirder, because not only is this a bizarre story that it's never been audited, the uh, Tether organization defies the U.S. Treasury in all sorts of ways that are really bizarre um, and inexplicable. But here's the third dimension that really connects all the dots, in my opinion, and is the thesis of the piece. Tether happens to be, I'm not making this up, Tether happens to be the official cryptocurrency of the Rohingya rebel movement in Myanmar. Gee, isn't that interesting? This cryptocurrency with this weird history that's never been audited, that has no transparency, that's run by all these people who seem to be compromised in some kind of fashion, just happens to be the cryptocurrency of one of the major US-backed rebel groups geopolitically. And we learn further that Tether cryptocurrency is beloved by Sunni rebels in Syria. Exactly those kinds of Sunni rebels that may have been referenced in that now infamous Wikipedia leaked email with Hillary Clinton where she admits Al-Qaeda is actually on our side in Syria. And that's not even to speak of all the weird stuff going on with drug cartels. Okay, okay. Hang on a second. Can you hang over through the next break? We got MTG coming up. I want to is is <clears throat> real quickly. Your thesis is that when you say BCCI, the reason it was never audited, it was never shut down, it allowed to fester, is because the intelligence apparatus, the intelligence apparatus used it. Relentlessly. Right. I was building right. all you, of the BCCI. Okay, fine. Hang, hang, on, hang on. Hang on. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm going to hold you over. Darren Beatty is going to give us the kill shot when he returns. MTG, Matthew Tierman, Natalie Winters, all of it. 90 second break. Back in a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you 
I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 